evening and welcome to Business Radio X and our new Giving Back to Gwinnett talk show. This show is presented by Minuteman Press of Duluth. We design, print, promote you. I am your host, Lynn Robinette, and our show will be spotlighting local charities in the Gwinnett area and promoting the great work they do. We have over 4,000 awesome nonprofit organizations in our area, and you will meet one today. We hope that you will be touched by their mission and their impact to our community so that you will want to get involved. Today, we have with us Matt and McLean Hermes of Shoes for the Soul. Welcome to our show, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. How are y'all doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So, McLean, I've uh, got a question for you. Let's just dive right in and tell me, what is Shoes for the Souls? Shoes for the Souls is a service project that my dad and I started where we collect new and slightly used shoes and donate them to people in Atlanta. That is awesome. I am so glad that y'all thought about what an idea of Shoes for the Soul. I, I like the the whole name of it. It's really, really unique. And with you guys helping people that have fallen on hard times. Now, I want all the listeners to understand a little bit about, about McLean. And uh, most of you I know have not met her. But before I proceed with asking questions and getting to know more about Shoes for the Soul, I wanted you to understand what an inspiring spirit this young lady has. McLean is not only the founder for Shoes for the Soul, but she's also legally blind. McLean is not only the founder, but when she started, she started uh, Shoes for the Soul and she became blind when she was eight years old. She had four emergency surgeries due to a retina detachment. She's now completely blind in her right eye and only has a five-degree field of vision in her left eye. So McLean has her own daily challenges, but she's still helping others that have fallen on hard times. I just think that's remarkable. But she finds time to also give back, and she's turned her disability of being blind into her ability in the pool. She is a Paralympic swimmer, holds 16 American records, and one world record for the S-12 vision class. Oh, my gosh. That is just awesome, McLean. I'm just reading this last night and uh, getting to know you more, and I've known your dad, and uh, he's talked highly of you, but just diving in, you have really accomplished a lot. I'm just so excited. And then in August of 2005, you represented Team USA in the 2015 Parapan American Games and won a bronze medal in the 400 meter freestyle, correct? Yes. You have just really gone above and beyond. And to just be in the ninth grade, that just blows me away. Most people have not accomplished what you've accomplished as an adult, much less someone. 15 year old. Exactly. Yeah. That is just so, so incredible. You've also got another goal for your swimming. What is, what is your other goal? I'm hoping to make the 2016 Paralympic Games this summer, but if I don't make that, I'm shooting for the 2020 Paralympic Games. Wonderful. What a goal at 15. She's so dedicated. She swims and trains nine to 12 times a week. As a for instance for that, uh, you know, McLean, what time were you up this morning? 4.40. 
Oh, wow. So she's up two, three to, three times a week at 4.15, 4.30 to be in the pool at 5.30, swims for two hours. Uh, you know, there's a couple of days a week that she's doing what's called doubles where she'll swim twice or she'll work out at the gym and then be in the pool later that day or vice versa. But, uh, you know, she's certainly a dedicated young young athlete. And I know your dad's proud of you. How does he even keep up with you? Because I know he's busy. It's difficult sometimes. Um, He'll say, I'll be there at 12, and then something will, like, get pushed back, and we'll be like, oh, wait, miss that one. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> okay. I don't even know how you can even find the time. You're going to school. You're working with your swimming and training, and but you still find time to help others. What a remarkable young lady you are. So now let's talk more about Shoes for the Soul. What inspired you to start this? Well, in 2009, my dad's a real estate agent, and the market crashed in 2009, and it caused my family to go through a really tough time. And our neighbors and our community came together and really helped us get through that. And we wanted to do something that would give back to our community. You've actually felt the bad times and... Now you're paying it forward. You're such an inspiration. So uh, what motiva- what motivates you and others to collect shoes and, and help people that need some additional assistance? It really motivates me to give back to my community because they did give so much to us. And it's just so great to see all of the gratitude that they have whenever we just give them a pair of shoes. It's amazing how a pair of shoes can change somebody's life. You know, Lynn, where the shoes go is each year we collect um, shoes and, and they we deliver them to the Atlanta Mission. Um, and those those shoes go to, they are uh, given to the homeless that are in need in downtown Atlanta or throughout, throughout Atlanta. And then from there, really, and McLean said it very well, that the gratitude and the love and the appreciation that uh, the people that we get in, that we have the opportunity to come in contact with, you know, when we're delivering the shoes, just the the looks on their faces. And, and, you know, some people say, well, it's just a pair of shoes. Well, to us, it may be, and and to someone else, it might be. But when someone is walking around the streets of Atlanta and they don't have much, but to see a a new or a slightly used pair of shoes that is given to them and, and, you know, we collect, you know, both dress and casual shoes and, and, you know, athletic shoes, you know, part of the Atlanta Missions goal is to train train those homeless to find work mm-hmm. and when they get a, a pair of dress shoes that they may not have it's it's a huge relief to them or maybe they're walking around the downtown uh, Atlanta in dress shoes and they need you know a comfortable pair of shoes to do their daily things that they that they do so it's it's been a it's been a huge plus for us I think giving the shoes and collecting them is, has been huge but one of our favorite times is going down to the mission and, and meeting the people wouldn't you think McLean yeah, it's great to meet the people that you're helping. And I do understand the importance of good shoes, especially as I'm aging. The comfortable and being more supportive when we're younger, we can give and take a little bit. But as we uh, are on our feet a lot, and we need more comfortable and more supportive shoes. So that's just really incredible that you thought about shoes. Because you hear of food banks and so forth, but to actually come up with shoes is amazing. So how do you collect the shoes? Well, we collect them throughout the whole year, but our main season is during uh, usually September through December, where we collect as many shoes as possible by going to different churches and organizations and schools and talking to them and asking them to set up collection buckets for us 
So we put out big buckets and we give them flyers and say, hey, just give us as many shoes as possible and we'll come pick them back up. And we bag them in bags of 20, 20 pairs of shoes per bag. And we put them all in a big storage unit whenever the season's over with. We put them in a U-Haul and we take them to the Atlanta Mission. How many pairs of shoes do you average these days? We average about 3,000 pairs a year. That is a lot of shoes. We've gotten we've gotten to that. The last few years, it's been about 3,000 pairs, you know, of shoes that we've been able to collect. And, and McLean is right. You know, we keep, um, you know, we rent a storage unit and we're able to, you know, move the shoes from our garage or from our basement into the storage unit, you know, because we don't take them down, you know, in separate runs. We'll collect them and then bring them down in one delivery. So, you know, we keep them there throughout the the year or throughout really what we call our busy time, which is really when school uh, starts, collect the shoes in, hold on to them. And then when we get a certain, you know, amount and there's really no set amount that we say, okay, now it's time to go. But really it's when the storage unit gets full is it's time to get the U-Haul and and take them down. You just amazed me, McLean, very much so. How do you feel when you're uh, completing a season? I feel good. I mean, it feels great to help others. It feels good to give back. It just feels good. I don't really know. There's like no way to really explain the feeling that you can get whenever you know that what you've worked so hard on is doing to impact other people's lives. And I think, you know, from one of the one of the coolest things about McLean is that it feels good to give, but McLean is not doing what she's doing to make herself feel good. You know, and as a dad, that's that's really neat to see that, you know, she has, has the opportunity to come talk to you and talk to other people, which is which is great. But the true joy comes from being able to provide to someone something that they may not be able to provide for themselves. And, you know, after McLean lost her eyesight, she and I, we had just collected our first year of shoes when McLean's eyesight started to go and she lost her right eye. And we had a, a conversation of hey, do you want to switch this up? You know, we've done the shoes, you know, do you want to switch it and do eyeglasses or something? And she was like, no, this is this is what, what we're doing. This is what we want to do. And, you know, you can, like in your introduction, she's turned really her disability into an ability. Mm-hmm. And being able to continue to provide for others is is great. I mean, and, and you know, we encourage, and, you know, it's like I tell people, it's, what she's been able to do through help, you know, obviously she's had a lot of help, but she's a, a 9, 10, now 15-year-old, you know, young lady now. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter if you're 88 or if you're 8. There's always something that you can do. And, and don't limit yourself because of age or ability or, quote-unquote, disability. Just because you have a disability doesn't mean you can't give. Just because you have an ability doesn't mean that you can't give. The excuse of I'm too busy really doesn't resonate with with us. We all have busy lives, but anybody can do something for someone. And I think that's where the biggest satisfaction comes from is is just giving back. But giving back, you know, it's not asked. You're not asked to give. But when you give, you, I, you know, I truly think you get more than doing something for your own personal gain. And you're being a blessing to somebody and, and you absolutely will receive more blessings in return. So again, I want to thank you guys, Matt and McLean Hermes. Just to remind everybody again, our sponsor is Minuteman Press of Duluth, where they will 
help you design, print, and promote your marketing materials. And we're very thankful for them to sponsor the show and learn more about nonprofit organizations as well as how people can give back. I was a speaker at a church one day talking about a nonprofit organization. And then my final question was, as I had everybody stand up and I started out with anybody that volunteers at least once a week, sit down out of a hundred people. I had a lot of people still standing up when it got even to a monthly basis. You don't see a lot of people donating their time. So it does mean a lot. And I just think if we could all just give three or four hours every three or four months, that would be so massive just in Gwinnett County alone and help people. So you are, you're doing a wonderful job in giving back to the community. And we're just excited to hear about this. And that's why we're having this show is to let people know that there are others out there and to bring back awareness to Gwinnett County of the various nonprofit organizations and how they can help give back to the community. So definitely enjoy talking to McLean and how she has collected shoes since 2009 and helping people. So, and Matt, how do you keep up with McLean? She's got a busy schedule. I know you've got a busy schedule as a realtor. You're making my head spin. <laughs> well, thankfully, uh, my my wife Carmen has been a huge blessing to to myself, McLean, and and our other kids, Logan and Maddie. Uh, she is she sacrificed and and decided to, in essence, retire from her work. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a school teacher and be able to dedicate you know fully everything her time to you know McLean's efforts, Logan, you know our son, who's you know we have three three kids in high schools and all three at three different schools. So we have one at Gwinnett School of Math, Science, and Technology, who's a rising senior. You know, now we, he just got through 11th grade. And then Madeline, who's a sophomore and now a rising junior at Mill Creek. And then McLean is doing the uh, Gwinnett Online School. So we've got three kids in three different directions. And McLean with her swimming, you know, Carmen's up at 4.30 in the morning to take McLean to swimming and then to the gym. And, you know, there's afternoons where Carmen's taking her, you know, 45-minute drive to to the pool and then not getting back until seven seven thirty. So thankfully Carmen is there to, you know, she really manages the schedule and I don't know how we would do it. I, there's no way we could possibly do it without Carmen. So when you say, how do I keep up with her? It's how does oh, Carmen Summer, keep how up? Does Carmen- <laughs> she's, the better, she's the better person to, to have in this, in this seat. She is, uh, she's remarkable with everything that she does for, for myself and obviously McLean and, and our other two kids. Well, that's why I was wondering, because I know, Matt, uh, you and I meet and touch base on some other topics periodically, and I know your schedule's really busy, and I knew there had to be some more people behind the scenes. So. What, do, what do you call your mom? Your momager? Yeah, she's my momager. She has her own card. <laughs> <laughs> I she wants it. a sticker. We saw a sticker the other day on the back of somebody's van that said swim taxi. She wants one of those. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cute. Wow. Four o'clock in the morning. I didn't know that came twice in one day. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy drinks. <laughs> I know. <does. laughs> and naps, power naps. Oh, okay. Now I could do the power naps. Now, McLean, tell me, do you have any sponsors? Who helps 
with the collection collection of shoes and getting the word out and your outreach? Well, I don't. We don't really have any shoes for the soul sponsors. It's mainly us and our church and our school, local schools, that and local businesses that help us out and collect shoes. But I do have the Challenge Athletes Foundation is a big sponsor of my swimming and Blaze Sports. They're also another organization that helps with my swimming. So McLean's able to get uh, certain grants, um, mm-hmm. you know, small monetary grants from uh, organizations like Challenged Athletes Foundation so that it helps, you know, it offsets a little bit of the cost. But as far as the shoes for the soles, really there is, we don't have sponsors or anything like that. Everything, you know, we're, and we're not a, a 501c3 yet. That's something that uh, is in the works you and I just recently talked about. But, you mm-hmm. know, as far as, sponsorship no i mean everything's coming out of out of our pocket which is fine i mean Mm -hmm. you know we've got costs that are associated with but it's not huge but the main thing is just the storage facility and black trash bags and black trash bags (laughs) we go through a lot of black black trash bags but we've had people you know we've had our church that has donated their their bus to allow us to take a a load of shoes down we had pods one year that allowed us to have a uh, use of a pod that they picked Mm -hmm. up and then delivered and now we're fortunate this coming year we'll have use of actually a, a moving truck that my company just bought. So we'll be able to use that. So it's really just storage, um, you know, a little bit of uh, people, if somebody wanted to donate their time to help us, you know, bag and bag sort shoes. things. That's where it gets that's where it gets time intensive and uh, and smelly sometimes. Right. Yeah. Our yeah. basement and our garage <laughs> smell like shoes. <laughs> what month is it? December or October when you deliver shoes? Usually January or February is oh, January. when we deliver. OK. All right. So like during uh, right after Christmas, you start rounding up friends and volunteers to help sort or more it's been it's been a family kind of a family affair every now and then we'll have some friends that that have helped out but um you know mainly it's you know mclean myself and then our we uh hire volunteer work of logan and madeline and and carmen to help us bag and transport and load and and then once we take them down to the mission it's it's amazing to watch the uh the men at the mission help us offload the the truck, it's, it's an assembly line of, of <laughs> and 3,000 pairs of shoes is a lot of shoes. I mean, it fills up a, a 18, 20 foot U-Haul mm-hmm. uh, from floor to ceiling, front to back. It's a lot of shoes. You'd be surprised. Well, I mean, some women might not be or some men, they might have 3,000 pairs in their closet, but uh, there's, it's a lot of shoes and very, and they get very heavy. Especially the dress shoes. The dress shoes and the heels that poke out heels of the bags. You'll be like <laughs> lifting a bag up and all of a sudden it'll rip and everything will come out. And you're like, oh. So we haven't gone oh, to high-tech funny. shoe collection yet. We haven't figured that out. We're still in the dark ages with black pasta And having bags. to match them. I yeah. have trouble matching them. I'll put a, like a black and a blue flip-flop together and then... The next, like, the next day, we'll go start bagging more shoes and be like, oh, because well. yeah, because McLean can't see or has right. very limited eyesight. It's uh, we sometimes can figure Find out which which shoes, shoes McLean has bagged versus other people <laughs> have bagged. But she tries. Absolutely. Well, do you, uh, do y'all collect say like Kroger bags to put them individually in, or and then you. Put those bags in the big bags. Would that help? I'm, I don't it's know. I'm just asking. Yeah. You know, if someone were to donate and, and they heard the show and said, hey, let's, you know, save some shoes. The the easiest thing to do is if there was a way to tie them, tie them. But obviously, if you've got women's dress shoes, those are a little more challenging. 
the biggest challenge that we face and, and would never say not no to this, but um, is people are so kind. They think that putting them um, shoes in a shoebox is a help to us. And it's actually a detriment because then we, we can't put 20 pack, you know, pairs of shoes, shoeboxes. And then we have 8,000 shoeboxes yeah, on the side that, of the road. You know, it's interesting with it. Everything has its challenges. You and, and, you know, wishes for me that you run extremely mm-hmm. well. You know, there's all the all the kind of things behind the scenes that people don't see. And, and we're a small little, you know, dad and daughter thing. So we're not mm-hmm. doing a whole lot. But, you know, we have our own little kind of funny things. And the, uh, what's the neatest thing about collecting the shoes? Uh, everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, it's it's when, you know, and we, we call them orphan shoes. Oh, that, yeah. The misfits. Know, yeah, the, the misfit, misfit shoes. Where you look all through the, the bags and you're missing, you know, a half dozen or so, just mm-hmm. one shoe. And it's, you know, that's it. And my favorite shoe, I still have it, is this little tiny, tiny, it, it can't be from a, a six or eight month old uh, child, this little white tennis shoe that we could not find one, but I, I held on to it. Just to always that little reminder, it's kind of like a, a souvenir for mm-hmm. me that, uh, you know, just someone would give their baby shoes and people don't realize, you know, in, in downtown Atlanta or throughout Atlanta, throughout the, the country, it's not just men that are homeless. It's not just women that are homeless. There's There's babies that are sleeping in cars or sleeping in, you know, underneath the interstate that uh, when you see that, when you when you see a donation come in and you see the shoes and then you think okay what is what is this going to do and and you get down to a baby shoe that's going on somebody's foot mm-hmm. that right. really needs it and that that one shoe uh, I've kept for years um, so that's kind of our you know the the orphan shoes yeah and we've had somebody one of our friends dropped off a bag of shoes and we looked through the bag and there was one like orphan shoe and they called us like a week later and said. Sorry, the kids took some of the shoes out of the bag. So we have like a one shoe here that I think we gave you. So here's the other one. And it was really funny how we had to go through and find the other shoe. Just remarkable the the number of shoes that y'all go through. So hopefully that people will hear more about it through the radio station, which is Gwinnett Radio X, and they can see your website. Matt, tell us the website. Well, we have we have two. We have our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash shoes for the soul. So that's everything spelled out. S-H-O-E-S-F-O-R-T-H-E-S-O-U-L-S. And then uh, McLean, she has her own website for both her swimming and uh, the shoes for the soul. So if anybody wanted to get in touch with McLean about coming to talk to, you know, their organization or their school or their church, McLean goes and speaks to, you know, dozens of schools a year and, and, you know, everything from elementary school to high school and college. We just uh, spoke at a, an Awanas. Uh, Awana Church Awana program. at Hebron Church up in Decula. So, uh, you know, if, if anybody wants to get in touch with McLean, they can do that through McLeanHermes.com or our Facebook page, ShoesForTheSouls.com. You did touch on the inspiration speeches that you have. Go out and meet with people and just tell your story and so you do talk to several groups mm-hmm. what's the you go out two or three times a month and talk um lately we've been talking a lot it's about once every other week that we're out talking or doing something january and february i was somewhere once a week and now it's about every other week but stay busy talking to people 
Well, you do have a remarkable story, though. I mean, look at your 15 years old. You've started a means of giving back through Shoes for the Soul, and you're swimming, and you've got school and family time, and you're approaching high school now. So, well, wow. So now a sophomore. Just, yeah, I sophomore. just finished. Oh, you just grade. finished. Yeah, you just finished ninth. That's right. I'm sorry. Absolutely. So you have just really done a lot in your lifetime, such a small amount of time. And just I get excited to just see what you're going to do next. She has the she has the Paralympic Paralympic trials the end of June, June 30th, first July 1st and 2nd in Charlotte. And she'll hopefully qualify, uh, be named to the Paralympic team. And then the Paralympics are in Rio de Janeiro in Rio de Janeiro. So that's that's the ultimate goal. So if you make it to world, you need an assistant. <laughs> I think I need to sign on for that. We've had several people say, oh, I know how to speak Portuguese or, oh, I can carry your bags for you. <laughs> I will definitely make sure you get up every morning. <laughs> but I've never been there. How awesome. You get to travel the world. So... Last year, when you broke your world record, oh no, that was the Pan, uh, the Pan American Games. Yeah, where was that located? It was in Toronto, Canada. Okay, all right. So you didn't have to go real far. Not too far for that. Okay, so and then if you make make it through all the trials in June, end of June, first of July, you go to Rio, Rio, Rio de Janeiro. De Janeiro. Mm-hmm. Okay, now who's been your uh, biggest influence in your life? Probably my parents, my coaches, because my parents wake up every morning and take me to practice, and they um, pay the bills <laughs> <laughs> and buy me swimsuits. And then my coaches, because they've never really, whenever I went blind, I swam before I went blind, and after I went blind, there wasn't. There was one point where we didn't know if I'd continue be able to continue swimming, and my coaches never gave up on me. They don't look at me as a swimmer with a disability. They look at me as just a regular old swimmer, and they push me just like they do everybody else and teach me. And I mean, there are some days where there are things that I need to do a little differently in practice because I can't see, but that doesn't stop them from yelling at me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit, educate us on your blindness. Okay, so you swim, you said that you do some things a little bit differently. If I swim, I would be wearing goggles and I could see the lines and I would stay in my zone. I've learned to know I've not very good body awareness, but I have semi good body awareness. So I can know where I am in the water pretty well. And I do sometimes run into the lane lines and cut my arms up and hit other people. But usually I'm pretty good. But my parents and my coaches use a big golf ball retriever and now we've switched over to a light bulb replacer where they extend it out to about 15 feet and they hit me on the head with it and so I know I have two or three more strokes until I get to the wall where I need to either finish or flip so and then during practices instead of them standing there the whole time and hitting me on the head we use a sprinkler so we have a sprinkler set up at each end of the pool and it sprays me right about where the flags are and where the tapper would hit me but let me let me go back. Right. Okay. We don't hit her. Yes, we do. 
Sometimes it's really hard. Oh, no. We we tap her. <laughs> we tap, tap her. No, okay. That's why we call it a tapper, not a hitter. <laughs> so basically, it's it's a, a light bulb changer that you would change a you know a, a light in a, a ceiling, a recessed oh, light sure. in the ceiling. Oh, sure. Extended extended pole top. And yes. we've graduated from a golf ball retriever with a tennis ball at the end now to the light light bulb whatever it's called extender thingy Retriever that we put a like a, a piece of foam on a the pool end noodle. We have a, a pool, pool noodle. noodle and then you just extend it out and you tap her or as mclean says hit her yeah. uh, and that lets her know when she's you know one or two strokes away from the wall and and then turn so uh, that was uh, not something that we came up with somebody one of my right coaches. after she lost her sight one of the things we were trying to figure out is how can she do this and uh, one of our coaches at uh, the Hamilton Mill swim team where she swam for what 10 years 12 years 12 years, this years is my now 12th year. came up or found this and so it started it's graduated from one a of broomstick her, a broomstick to a cane that she uses to a PVC pipe PVC pipe to golf ball retriever now you know we're kind of progressing up so that's how she's able to in in competitions know when to turn and and there's a lot of pressure on on that person because if they don't tap her at the right spot her timing's off and And i could break something i've broken my nose and my finger or i get mad and i yes but she's broken a broken a nose swimming into the wall with someone not tapping her in a timely manner Mm -hmm. she's broken a finger uh, so it's a it's kind of a contact sport for McLean when you're blind when you're a blind swimmer. And you can do that when you're at at the Paralympic meets at yeah, competitions. We're, yes. Yeah, we're at competition. That's you're permitted, the word. I, you're yeah. permitted on the deck with the okay. tappers. So if you ever if you you know had time and you wanted to just you know you can YouTube you know Paralympic blind swimming and you'll be able to see what people do, how they get tapped, how they t- make their turns. It's it's really amazing. It's a it's a cool thing to watch. And the Paralympic community um, is just amazing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it. you have everyone from people that are missing an arm, a leg, both arms, both legs, you know. Paralyzed. Paralyzed. Blind, little people. Really, any disability, we're all there. And we're all friends. I mean, it's friendly competition. You know that you have to compete against each other for slots on the team, but... At the end of the day, you're all, we're all really good friends. I send over 4,000 text messages a month to all of my friends because they're all across the country because you have to travel to go to Paralympic meets. They're not just locally. So we have to travel everywhere and you get to meet different people from across the country and around the world. You have an incredible spirit about you. And that's just amazing with your daily challenges And you're right. You can't. Everybody has a disability. Some people it's visible. Some people it's not visible. But you have taken a huge challenge and turned it into a positive. And hopefully other people will take what you've done instead of sinking down into depression. They're like, you know what? How can I be upset? How can I be depressed? Here I've got a young lady, 15 years old. Started when she was nine, helping others, and she never let her blindness define her. Her blindness has become her opportunity to overcome a challenge. And it's just, it amazes me because I can't imagine what you go through every day. And I have a son that's in a wheelchair. So I can't imagine what he goes through, but 
to wake up every day and say, okay, what can I conquer today? And we won't even think about the blindness and we move forward. Many praises to you. And and you've got to be such an inspiration and blessing to anybody that you come in contact with. And here you are rounding up shoes for people in need. So your story just amazed me. And that's the other reason we only had one person or one organization on the show today versus two or three, because you yourself have multiple stories to tell. I just hope that everybody in Gwinnett County is listening and will help reach out and understand how very important it is to give back. Matt, your dad, he stays busy. Your mom stays busy. Matt, having his real estate license and uh, he's been giving back in other organizations. He's a board member, I know, to the Wishes for Me Foundation, as well as helping coordinate Red Day over the houses and did a lot of volunteers. We had over 80 Keller William agents helping uh, build decks, paint and cook, et cetera. So, so I hope everyone knows how important it is and what all uh, McLean and the Hermes found family has accomplished by rounding up shoes for the souls. So I hope you all get involved. And again, tell us your website, how people can contact McLean again. Uh, McLeanHermes.com and Shoes for the Souls Facebook page. Thank you, Matt. Thank, Thank you, you, McLean, Thank for you. sharing your journey. We look forward to watching your future. And again, thank you, Minutemen Press of Duluth for sponsoring Giving Back to Gwinnett Radio Talk Show. Mm-hmm.